Recorded by The Way in Brea. Lead pastor Von Jarrett has a heart for the people at The Way and a desire to reach the lost. The Way's production department prays this message is a blessing to you and that you find yourself closer to God through application. Wednesday night uh, services, guys. I, I did have... <laughs> you guys might be storing up questions. Yeah, the, the, the kids can head out, but we're not going to be long because uh, I, don't, I don't think I'm going to get to what I had to, uh, to share tonight. Uh, unless something's changed and you guys want to be in church all night. Um, it was a good one, too, though, just so you know. Um, <laughs> um, so, I don't mind, but uh, you guys got life groups now. I don't want you talking about pastor in, in the life groups on next Wednesday. Um, so, I'm open. I'm open to just talking, answering some questions if you want me to, or I can share for a few minutes. Um, it's up to you guys. We can pray and, and head home. Share. Yes, sir. Share and questions. <laughs> Y'all don't want to go home. It's the host now. They're like, oh, we're free tonight. <laughs> stay, in the, stay in the Lord's house. It's a... Uh, it's 845. Give me, give me 15, 20 minutes. Yes. You sure? Yeah, you guys are at life groups till 11. All right. Um, well, praise the Lord. I just need, a, just need like a cup of water. Isaiah, can you hook me up, please? Like just in general life. Like, not a one. Is that somebody's water? Yeah, it was somebody else's. I want like, like, that was love. Like, you just give me your water, huh? Like, you're like, this is how we do it in our life group. We just be passing love and germs around. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, before, before I start, I wanted to uh, just reiterate how amazed I am in, in uh, what God is doing and how happy I am for all of your life groups. One thing that we did talk about, and I love the friendly banter and competition and to hear all you guys share about your groups, but one thing that we've been talking about and praying about that I don't want you guys to forget is that uh, you guys have become like families, but you are part of a big family. We're all, we're all one, we're all together, we all love each other, so remember to pray for other life groups, remember to, to connect with people, um, challenge yourselves. Uh, on, even on Sundays, you know, you get to see your life group all the time. I know it's gonna, not easy, but go hug on some other people that ain't in your life group. Just remember each other. Um, wow. God's been good. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So last year at this time, uh, Samantha was getting baptized. Uh, Noah was getting baptized. And Nate was getting baptized just this last week. Uh, we were at our Easter service. It was a special time, obviously, at, at Easter and the title of the Easter message was uh, String Theory. And, oh, yeah. yeah, 
I don't know if you guys remember that. See, string, string theory. And the, hey man, it's been a year. Uh, you can leave that one up there for now, Ray. Uh, the point was that we had lived a life uh, of sin that left a trail. It was a red stained, uh, red sin stained trail of carnage in our wake, right? Like the way that we had lived, whether it was 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 or 50 years, our lives just left damage and destruction behind us for ourselves and for other people. And uh, that carnage, that red sin-stained thread um, ended up leading us to the cross, right? That was, that was the point of, of the Easter message last year. And when we got to the cross, we found that that red sin-stained thread, uh, when it connected with the cross, we found hope and salvation and we found ourselves being washed clean. That, that red uh, thread turned into a white thread. Uh, in the book of Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, the Bible says, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they're red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Right? We come damaged, we come stained, we come full of sin, but uh, if we let that lead us to the cross, we leave healed and changed, forgiven, washed. Uh, the pictures from, from the message last year, uh, go ahead, Ray, the next one. So we strung this string around the church, and eventually it, it went all over different places. Go ahead. Um, we wrapped it around people, and we threw it across the place. Um, by the end of the message, though, uh, we did an altar call like we always do, and we had uh, one particular individual give their life to the Lord, and it was just, it was a special time. They gave their red string up, and we tied it to the cross, and then a white string came out of the cross, and it went back to them, and, and not only did we get this, this picture in the message, um, but we had to actually see it happen in somebody's life, right? Whatever it was that was leading their life, and whatever, whatever route they had taken, it had led them to the cross, and they were able to leave forgiven. So tonight, what I wanted to share, our, our first time back, we'll be back a few times throughout the year. We'll do this every, every so often. But our first time back, uh, you got string theory part one, and tonight you're going to get string theory part two. So let's pray. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in life groups. I thank you that it is not the exception, Lord. It should become the norm that we build deep relationships, Lord. It's not the exception that we go back and wrestle with the word that you've given out to us, Lord. That should be the norm. I thank you that we are changing and developing and growing, Lord God. That every one of us is uh, seeing ourselves and seeing others different. But more so, Lord, that we're seeing you different. And beginning to hear you in a different way, Lord God. Uh, you've always chosen to use people to be your instruments to affect change in the lives of other people, Lord. You could have done everything on your own. But you chose men like Moses, Lord, women like Deborah, Lord God. You chose over and over again to let men and women be your hands and your mouthpiece, Lord God, your feet, your comfort, your love. And we just see you doing that because you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, Lord God. That's what you are doing in these life groups. That's what you are doing in this church, Lord God. And uh, I thank you that you're beginning to open our hearts and beginning to open our, our eyes in a, in a new and special way. I ask that uh, tonight... As we look at some of your word, that uh, you would, uh, again, give us progress, Lord. 
we, we started in one place a year ago at Easter, Lord God, and, and we're back tonight that you could take us further. Just have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. amen. All right. So the first scripture I want to share is 2 Peter chapter 1. Verse 1, it says, Simon Peter, a bondservant, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we know who's talking, Peter, and he's talking to us, people who have been saved. Verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So last year, this is where string theory finished. You get salvation. First Peter, excuse me, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 1 through 5, it says you got salvation and then the scriptures tell you these things are what you gained. Precious faith, it said. It said you got the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, that's salvation. It said that you got his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And then it said exceedingly great and precious promises have been given to you. That's what salvation is. When, when you come to the cross and you meet Jesus immediately, not later, not down the road, right there, all these things are just given to you. You come, right, and you bow before the Lord and then you leave with all these presents. <laughs> you go walking out of church. The picture of the, of the young man, Jonathan, that gave his life to the Lord last, last Easter, you know, he came with his scarlet thread and he left with these gifts that we read about here in 2 Peter chapter 1. Yeah. All of us do. But verse 4, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, it ended like this. That through these, talking about the gifts that you leave with, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world. The gifts are for a purpose. Somebody say amen. amen. <laughs> gifts are great, right? But they're meant to be used. The definition of corruption, it says that you've escaped the corruption. The definition of corruption is the process, say process, process, by which something is changed from its original use or meaning to one that is regarded as erroneous or debased. That's corruption. It had an original meaning, but it's, and it's changed to something different, worse, debased, but it's a process that this happens through. What we found in salvation was given to us that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. After Easter, after salvation, we have to take the gifts of God and begin to reverse the process of corruption. He said you got all these gifts, and the hope is that because you have these gifts, you'll become a partaker of the divine nature, and you'll escape the corruption, reverse the corruption. So here's a timely question. Why life groups? We heard all these wonderful testimonies, but we had wonderful testimonies for 11 years of Bible study, Amen. right? Yeah. We sat here back in December and everybody had that look on their face like, yeah. we're going to do it, Pastor, but we don't want to. And now it's like, we ain't never going back. We had the best food. I don't remember anything you taught us. 
So our prayer for life groups is that it would support, stimulate, and accelerate growth in every individual. A byproduct of that growth is the growth of the body. It's great to not be alone. It's great to see people's lives change. It's great to eat meals. It's great to laugh. It's great to text. It's great to check on each other throughout the week. All those things are amazing, but it really comes down to growth in our relationship with Jesus. There's no difference between coming into the church every week and not growing and going to a life group every week, growing in relationship, but not in relationship. I want to read what happens next in 2 Peter chapter 1, right? Verse 5 says, for this reason, right? You got to escape the corruption. You get the blessings. You get all this stuff from God right on day one. He says, but it's so that you can be a partaker of the nature of God. For this reason, verse 5, give all diligence, add to your faith. Say add. Add. Virtue. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. To brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and they abound, you'll neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. So we get the gifts. Say amen. amen. Then we should enter in the process of reversing the corruption by adding things to our faith. If we don't do that second part, it amounts to forgetting that we have been cleansed from our old sins. Think about that for a second. He says, you get saved, you get the gifts, you're supposed to use the gifts to reverse the process of corruption, and if you don't add all these things to your faith, it's as if you forgot that you came to the cross and you got a white strand for your red one. James 4.17 says this, Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. If you know to do good and you don't do good, you're sinning. This is what many of us are trapped in. It's a very, very difficult place. You get saved and you love God. Say amen. Amen. You're so thankful for your salvation. Say amen. Amen. You start coming to church and learning about God. Say amen. Amen. You learn what's right and you learn what's wrong. Say amen. amen. But then we struggle to devote enough time and energy to finding out how to do right and do good ourselves. This is where a lot of people find themselves. You came to the cross, you got saved, you felt it, you got the gifts, and then you're like, man, I'm going to go to church, and you're learning. You come in like we all said. You go to life groups, you're learning. You're wrestling with the questions. You come to Bible study, we're going through the scriptures. You're learning, you're learning. But what's actually happening is you are now knowing what's right. But if you can't do it, it's sin. And then what happens to us? We get depressed. How is it that I love God and I'm saved and I now know what's right, but I'm not doing it. So now I feel uh, condemned because I feel like a sinner. If I know what's right and I don't do it, I'm a sinner. We feel that sting. So give me some emotions or feelings or thoughts or capabilities that we have as as humans uh, that we can experience. They can be good or bad, but, okay, compassion. 
What's that? Depression. Fear. Fear. Anger. Anger. Judgment. Judgment. You guys are negative. Any good ones out there? (laughs) Hunger. Joy. Love. Love. Anybody else? What else are you capable of? What's that? Excitement. Giving. Giving. Right? Liberality. Encouragement. Gratefulness. Blessing. All right, so we, have, we are capable of thinking about these things, feeling these things, experiencing these things. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, I'm going to take a, a few of these. Yeah. I'm going to take a few of these, and uh, we're going to bust out our string. We're going to use joy, anger, sadness, and love. So let me dig into my bag of tricks here, guys. Let's start with <laughs> props. Let's start with joy. And what I want you guys to do is give me some experiences, and let's 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 look at it as different stages of uh, of life, right? Where you're gonna feel joy. So let's let's start early on and anything. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Everyone's ready for this one. I know what joy did that. All right. So, so Mary said, first car. I'm going to try to throw this to you. Oh, good, good, good. You ready? Yeah. All right. So there's the first car. You got to stand up. Uh-oh. Who else? First date. Graduation. All right. So, so Steve gets first date. I heard graduation. Throw it to Jerry. Come on. We ain't got time to play around with, with this thing. Throw it to him. Throw it. There it is. Who else? Uh-oh. All right. So Joe said what? Huh? What'd you say? Uh, first touch from your mom and dad. All right, so mom and dad, throw it over here to Joy. All right, who else? Disneyland. Uh, Disneyland, we got one in the back back there. What'd you say? What? We can't hear you, Miss Peaches. New baby, throw it back there. Zach's like, yeah, you think it's Joy. <laughs> All right. All right, getting married. Let's throw it to Brenda. Oh. That, was, that, that had a nice arc, though. All right, what else we got? Any joy on this side? Any joy in your lives? Getting hired at Disney. All right. Back there. All right. All right, that's good. That's, that's, that's enough joy. All right. RJ, RJ, hold it, Gary, hold it, Gary. Take that back there and, and cut the string for us. All right. You guys can sit down, but, but go ahead and hold on to it. If you've got it, just hold it and go ahead and sit down. All right, the, the next one we said was, was anger. Who's got some feelings of anger? You can hold that for me. When do you feel anger? When does it start throughout life? It doesn't matter, old, young. Say, what'd you say? What? I said outside people. People. Oh, grab that string. Sorry. What, why else? Fell a test. Throw it over here. Just hold the string, throw that thing, there you go. Bam. Oh, now we failed the test. Who else? When you get angry? Kids don't listen. There you go, Junior. Who else? Work. Throw it over here to Erica. We got work. There you go, come on. After, after Erica. Oh, nice catch, girl. Oh, you play softball? Softball or what'd you play? Softball and basketball. There you go. Who else? Anger right here. She's like, I'm angry right now, right here. 
Call me. When your siblings don't listen, throw it over here. Ooh, that was a good one. All right, anybody else angry? Oh, 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 oh. Oh, yeah, go ahead, throw that thing. Do we, do, we have a, do we have a category for I'm in the doghouse? <laughs> All right. All right, RJ, we need to cut. We need to cut. All right. We're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're only going to do one more. We're going to do, there you go. All right. From, from right there. Uh, all right, you guys who are angry, you guys can sit down. Just hold on to your string. It's all right. Uh, now, the, the, la the, the last one we're going to do is, is love. When do you feel love? Oh, marriage. <laughs> marriage. Who else? When she listens. <laughs> Man, you're just digging deeper and deeper. <laughs> the next capacity is going to be for murder. And she's going <laughs> to. All right. What would you say, Connie? I said when Mel says I love you. Oh, when Mel says I love you. Hey, you need to hold on to that, girl. All right. Who else feels love? Oh, back in the back corner over there. Oh, siblings. Yeah, you got to hold it and toss it. Bam. All right, who else? Couple more. Love. Back in, right here, Megan. Oh, Ari's birthday today? Oh, right here to Megan. Oh, so much love. Anybody else? Love? All right, for Jesus. Love for Jesus. We'll take that one. Shoot. All right, anybody else? No love? Any love? What's that in the back? You got hate? You got anger. <laughs> All right, over here. Uh, where? Olivia. Olivia. Oh. All right, oh. RJ, RJ, you can cut us. Oh. All right. <laughs> so, so real quick, if, you, if, you've got, if you've got any of that string, go ahead and stand up. Ooh. Uh, I need somebody to... Take a picture. You got a phone on you or something? Yeah, take a picture of that. I just want to see that. All right. So everybody look around real quick. The, the ones that we covered were joy, joy and anger and love, right? And <clears throat> think about this. We've got all this, this black string now going all over the church. And this is just for three different feelings, thoughts, and emotion, right? Our joy our anger, and our love, and it's for a few different areas of our life. A couple of decisions, you know, the first touch of your parents, uh, when your husband, when you got married, or when your husband said, I love you, when you hang out with your siblings as a, as a young person, right? And, and look at it, how, how crazy it is in here. Now imagine multiplying that by a hundred more feelings and thoughts. We only covered three, right? Yeah. Think about how many more things that you can experience and things that you can feel, and then think about how many more individual occurrences of that? We had maybe seven times of, of love right now, right? Now imagine a million times over the course of your life of feelings of love, right? And how you're developing your thoughts and your processes, right? You guys can sit down, but hold on to them. You don't have to hold them tight, just keep them around you. So something in us begins to see, you know, before we're saved, before we're saved, this is what we look like, and this is how we're, we're living and thinking. But something in us begins to see the red thread of sin running through that. Think about this for a second. You have all this, all this black string running around. 
But something inside of us begins to see a red thread sliding through, going around, going down, going across. And all of a sudden, like we learned last year at Easter, eventually that red thread comes up here to the cross. We get to leave washed and we're clean and we're saved. So I want you to picture that, all this black running around. And then you see the red weaving through all those emotions, all those feelings. It comes up here. And we learned last year that once it attaches to the cross, then it drops down to the ground. The red is gone and this white one comes out and, and everything's better. Somebody say amen. amen. However, might be the next day, might be the next week, might be the next month, but we realize that the black thread of our character is still the same. See, the red thread ran through all that stuff, and that was sin, our sin nature. It was, it was the sin that separates us from God and is going to cause us to go to hell. And then when we bring it to the cross, we get salvation, and we're in this new standing. We're right with God, and God is so good, and I've been saved, and he's given me this white purity. And then all of a sudden we look out, and we're like, oh, but this is still what it is. This is still how I love. This is still how my anger shows itself. This is still what I think joy is. This is a critical moment in the life of every believer. Sometimes it's conscious, sometimes it's uh, subconsciously, but we make a decision when we realize that the black string of our character is still the same. We make a decision. We either choose to avoid that truth and we go like this, I'm just going to go to church and sing and praise. I'm not going to look at all of that, right? Because that's depressing. <laughs> I like this one where I, I gave him the red and he gave me the white. Or the other decision that we make is we say, I'm going to work through this. <laughs> I'm going to work through this. I'm not going to turn my back on it. I'm going to work through it. So here's my ultimate goal with the last few minutes that I have with you guys tonight. First, to tell you that avoiding it will not help. Amen. But choosing to work through it in the wrong way will be just as detrimental in the long run. Yes. There's a lot of laborers who are laboring in vain. You didn't turn your back on it. You, sat, you looked at it and you said, I'm going to work through this. But if you work through it in the wrong way, you're laboring in vain and we experience frustration. We experience depression. We begin to ask ourselves, am I really saved? Did I really have that red to white moment? <laughs> Romans chapter eight. I'm gonna read through this. I'm gonna give you a couple points. I'm gonna let you go. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So we're talking about people who have done the red to white. Say amen who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. 
Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it, has not, it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body's dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if the, by the Spirit you put the, to death the deeds of the body, you'll live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with pains together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we don't see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we don't know what we should pray for as we ought to. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We're counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor anything's present, nor things to come, nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. It's a good chapter. Amen. So that's Romans chapter 8. Here's the points that I want to share with you. Number one, saved versus unsaved is spirit versus flesh. Okay? If you're in the flesh, it's contrary to God, 
and you're not saved. If you're in the spirit, you're saved. You've had this experience where you brought the flesh. God took your flesh, dealt with it, and gave you spirit. That's that gift that you got at the point of salvation. Saved is spirit versus flesh. Saved, unsaved, spirit, flesh. Number two, the saved still choose to walk in the spirit or walk in the flesh. Okay? Listen to what I'm trying to tell you. When you get saved, you do not have the spirit of God and then you get the spirit of God upon salvation. You're separated. You have the non-spirit filled, separated from God, the forgiven and spirit filled, and now you're with God. Now, if you come into this category of the saved, you still have a decision to make. You are going to be saved and walk in the flesh or you are going to be saved and walk in the spirit. Does that make sense? Are you with me tonight? Yes. The flesh says two things. When you're saved, you get saved, and let's say you, you decide to, to walk in the flesh. The flesh says, don't worry about changing. His grace is sufficient. Yeah. Amen. You see that? Yeah. Right? We're not talking about an unsaved person, the unsaved people are still over here. I came to the cross, I'm saved, I have the Spirit of God alive inside of me, I am now a saved person, and now I've decided to walk in the flesh in my salvation. Don't worry about changing, His grace is sufficient. Mm -hmm. The flesh also says, you can change yourself. You see that? You're saved, you're a Christian, you come to church every week. And if you're walking in the flesh, you either say, don't change, his grace is sufficient, or you say, don't worry about this, God, I've got it, I'll change myself. That's the flesh in the church. The flesh says, my hard work, my effort, my spiritual disciplines, I'm going to knock this Christianity thing out. How many Christians do we know like that? I'm just going to, I'm going to make it happen. See, in this church, we do believe in spiritual disciplines, reading, praying, attending church, fellowshipping, reaching out, life groups, all that stuff. They're spiritual disciplines. They're great, but we are not changed by our efforts or our spiritual disciplines. Amen. That's what the church has tried to convince us of, is if you just work hard enough, you'll be changed. That's the flesh. Even though you're saved, you're working in the flesh. Your labor is in vain. Galatians 3.3 3, Paul says this, are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect in the flesh? How many Christians week after week, we came to the cross, traded our red for white, and now we are trying to deal with this stuff. And God's saying, it started in the spirit, but now you think you're going to finish it in the flesh. Are you so foolish to think that what started in the spirit is going to be completed in the flesh. And then we measure each other and our spirituality by how much work we're doing. Like work, like work. When we try to make ourselves right, what we end up with at best is gray. So we'll just toss this one around. Go ahead, girl. 
Don't hide from it. Throw it to somebody. So, oh yeah, I'll deal with my, I'll deal with my own anger. <laughs> Go ahead, throw it around. Oh, I'm, I'm not as loving as I should be. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make myself more forgiving. Anger be gone. I'm going to give, I'm going to give, I'm going to give. I'm going to show up to every life group and every Bible study and every Sunday. With the main dish. I'm coming. I can do it. I can do it. Tell them. There it is. I can do it. Oh, it's getting violent in here. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, stop. Now, anybody that's got gray or black, stand up. Gray or black, stand up. All right. So check this out. Check this out. Listen. 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 We've, we've tried really hard, and we've actually gotten worse. Like, we put a lot of effort in. We came every week. We started tithing. We started offering. We went on outreach. <laughs> We're hosting. And look, at best, we're gray, and our black is still there. <laughs> we've gotten worse. Why? Because we've tried to do in our own power, in the flesh, even though we're saved, we've tried to do in the flesh what God has said he will do by his spirit. Amen. Go ahead, sit down, hold on to him, drop him around you, it's okay, sit down. Galatians 5.17, the flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. They're contrary to one another so that you do not do the things you wish. You really want to change. You really want things to be different, but you can't actually do it because the flesh is at odds with the spirit. Philippians 3.3, 3, we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Do you have no confidence in the flesh, or do you think you can do it? He says, you worship me in spirit and truth if you have no confidence in the flesh. Man, it, to me, it's, it's so crazy when I'm thinking about this. Red to white, I see the black, I turn my back on it. Or red to white, I see the black, and I'm like, God, I got to do something. And I'm just as bad as that. I should have just turned around, because I'm going to accomplish nothing in the flesh. The spirit changes our character. The spirit will use spiritual disciplines and the spirit will do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it, but spiritual uh, disciplines don't change your character and they don't change your spirit. So I've given you the problem. You can see the problem. It's a, it's a big problem in the church, this church and every other church. Um, I think I can see it with the red, and, or excuse me, the black and gray, but I can see it in your lives, and I can see it in my life. Like, this is what's actually happening to us. So what's the answer? <clears throat> Our character, who we have formed ourselves to be and who the world has formed us to be, it can be difficult to look at it, 
Just like when you first saw your sin, it was like really hard to look at that. And for many of us, it was like the hardest walk to the cross because you had to like look at who you were. But what our sin did was lead us to the cross so that we could get saved. And what this is supposed to do to us is lead us back to the cross. It's not supposed to lead you to more effort and more flesh and more thinking you can do it or the flesh saying that you're just going to ignore it. What it's supposed to do is lead you back to the cross. Romans 8.34 says, Who is he who condemns? It's Christ who died and furthermore also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Now, this idea of being separated from the love of God, it's, you know, you go through that list and it's, it's easy to think about, oh, it's the sword, somebody's going to kill me, and it's pestilence, there's a disease. No, what happens is, for most of us, it's none of those things that separate us from the love of God. What happens to us is, when we see this, we, and we try to work through it and we try to deal with it, and we're unsuccessful because we're in our flesh and not in the spirit, we hide from God. Right? We start to cover our sin. We don't talk to our life group. We don't talk to our pastor. We don't talk to our leaders. We don't talk to God. We say, I thought I was going to be able to fix this, and I'm still angry. I thought I was going to be able to fix this, and I still love in such a perverted way. I thought I was going to be able to fix this, but I'm run by joy. So what do we do? We stay as far away from God as possible. What God intended to happen is, the trip to the cross was not a one-time endeavor. Yes, that's right. You come first for salvation. And remember in Hebrews, he says that we come back to the throne of mercy and we come back to the throne of grace. Our character and our, problem trying, our problems trying to deal with it will separate us from the love of God. Because rather than saying, okay, Lord, I see this craziness of my life and I'm going to take that and I'm coming back. He already knows that it's like that. When he saved you, it's not like he was like, oh, I didn't realize it was that bad. How many of us remember when you got saved? Anybody have an experience where like some things just immediately changed, like deliverance and blessings, right? I remember telling you guys, one of them for me was, was uh, getting high. I got high every day for like eight, nine, 10, 12, however many years. And I remember like immediately I never got high again. That's like one string, though. Yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That's just one string. So he cut it off, and it's like deliverance. He rolls it up, and he throws it away. And God does that, so part of that confirmation of who he is and what happened at the cross, but I still got a lot of strings. And God's not going to cut them all just because you got saved. Amen. That's not how it works. But we make people think that's how it works, and then we try to fix our own stuff so people think that that's how it worked for us. And God's like, no, I left it there, so you have to come back. So here's the last thing I want to do. Because he's a good God. He's always got more of this stuff. So we're going to take just one issue. Let's say, uh, 
Who, who was the group, the first group that had anger? If you, if you remember being part of the anger group, stand up. Hold on to the black and the gray. All right. So, so there's, there's our anger group. So these are the two problems that they had. They came after however many years they've been alive, and they, they formed into this type of angry person. We're all different types of angry person, but this is one person, let's say, okay? And after they got saved, maybe for a season, they just said, I'm going to turn my back on it, and it stayed black. And then they're like, I can't turn my back. Jesus did too much for me. I got to change. And they turn to deal with their anger and they start trying to fix it month after month, year after year. They're calling people, I forgive you. I'm so sorry. But they're still angry and it's only gray now. Everybody with me? Yeah. All right. So what the Lord would have you to do, rather than keep doing that until you die depressed and sad and doubting the power of God, Amen. because that's what happens to us when we live like that, what he would have you to do is say, will you just come back to the cross. Will you just let me tell you how it got like that? And then let me fix it for you. So the fixing process, how God will, what I believe how God will work, in short, so that we can close, is that he's going to tell you, number one, it's not just don't be angry, Right? Wouldn't that be easy if God was like, oh, anger's bad. Don't be angry. <laughs> now that you finally came back to the cross, I'm just going to deal with your anger and it's going to be gone. But that's not how God works. Why do you think God actually gave us an ability to be angry? Because he wants us to have an ability to be angry. Anger is a good thing when it is formed and shaped the way that God would have it to be formed and shaped. Anger is a bad thing when we do it like this. I got saved at 20... 23 years old and I had made anger what I wanted it to be because of how people treated me and because I how I treated other and this is what it looked like and I think the next stage for all of us is we think okay God's just going to deal with all my anger and, deal, and do away with it but he's like no that's not what I want to do I want it to be how I designed it to be so he's going to take this part of it and he's going to say oh we got to cut like eight inches off of this <laughs> And he's going to take this part of it and he's going to say, actually, you don't get angry enough about what's happening to your kids. We're going to extend that part some. And you know what? <laughs> You're not angry enough at what you allowed to happen to you in your home. And you know what? You're too angry about what so-and-so said to you at work. He's going to do all this changing of the anger, and that's going to take time. Does that make sense? This ain't a one-stop shop. This ain't a coming to church every week. I'm still angry, God. I'm at the altar. Deal with my anger. Deal with my anger. No, he's like, week after week, go to life group. When you get angry, stay in that anger long enough to come to me and say, God, this is exactly how I'm feeling right now. Well, let me tell you exactly how you got that way. Let me tell you exactly what needs to change. And when we go through that process long enough with God, it might be six months, it might be six years, it might be 16 years. And when he gets it where it's supposed to be, he'll allow you to drop it, and then it'll look like this. So you can throw this to the next person. All the angry people, sorry. You can take that one. 
You got to hold it. It's all right. You're not even angry anymore. So you're so done with your anger. There you go. Yeah, when you get that new white one, go ahead and drop that other one. There's some angry There's one more angry bird in the back. <laughs> so, so now, if we are willing, I want you to consider this. When it talks about walking in the flesh or walking in the spirit, man, this is a long walk, and there's a lot of areas. That's only one area of our life, and we have all these other abilities and things that are jacked up, things that need to be changed. It's not going to happen overnight. It's going to be the rest of our lives that we're going through this process. But we sing a song tonight about an anchor, and it said, there is hope in the promise of the cross. Like, I was thinking about it as we're seeing, I'm like, man, this is what I'm talking about tonight. <laughs> it's not just the first time. There is hope in the promise of the cross. God says, if you keep coming back, I'll do this. But you better be ready to endure because this is not going to be an easy process. You're going to have to go to life group even when, even when. You're going to have to call even when. Some of us are going to choose now. There's three choices. Some of us are going to turn our back on it. Some of us are going to say, that's too hard. I'm just going to keep working in my own effort. And some of us are going to say, man, I'm ready for the long haul of letting the Spirit of God do this work in my life. Continuing to come to the cross, not hiding, Amen. not covering. Amen. I'm glad that we're able to come here tonight and celebrate, but I'm more excited for you guys to go back <laughs> to your life groups. <laughs> let, me, let me finish my statement. <laughs> Y'all ain't got to go home, but you... Uh, I'm excited to come back and celebrate with you guys, but I'm more excited about you going back to your life groups after tonight because this is my hope. When you go to life groups and you wrestle with those difficult questions that, that Raymond's been writing. <laughs> uh, when, you <laughs> when you go back to your life groups and next week when you're wrestling with the questions, I don't want you thinking about how can I do this better? I want you to be thinking about how can I take this to the cross? Amen. Right? If you take it to the cross, that's your spiritual discipline. I'm going to the cross. I'm going to prayer. I'm going to read. But not for the hope that I'm going to change myself, for the hope that he will meet me there because there's hope in the promise of the cross. It's an anchor for my soul. The whole point of it being an anchor so you don't get too far away from the cross. Amen. You keep coming back. I'll be the first to tell you I spent a lot of time trying to change myself. And you can convince yourself pretty good because some of us get good at it. It's just gray. It's just gray. Amen. God has more for us. Amen? Amen. So life groups aren't stopping. <laughs> Amen. The change process isn't going to stop. I want to pray for everybody. Why don't we all stand? Bring them to the cross. <laughs> Bring them to the cross. So this is, a, this is something I've been talking to the to life group host about on a weekly basis, like talking about these things, hinting at these things that 
The goal of the life groups are not to, to make better performers. The goal of the life groups are not to give you 10 steps to, to doing what needs to be done to see the change you want to see. <laughs> the goal of the life group is to be able to say, man, I got to go back to the cross. I got to take this anger. I got to take this joy. I got to take this love that is way too far this way and let the spirit bring it back in a little. I got to take this love that is, is too far left, too far right, and let the, let the Lord, the spirit of God, align that the way that he wants it to be aligned. Hopefully this is registering with some of you who are tired of self-talking and telling yourself what you need to do. Tired of hearing other people tell you what you need to do. Let's go to the cross. So Lord, I thank you for this group. I thank you for the night. I thank you for their patience. I thank you for uh, them being willing to stick around and, and listen and to hear. And I really do pray that it's... Uh, it's something that changes our church. I pray that it's something that changes every individual life. I, I pray that it's definitely something that changes my life, Lord. This is not an excuse um, to be lazy, God. This is a call to come back to the cross. You saved us, and, and what has begun in the spirit, it will not be completed in the flesh. Oh, this is a lifelong endeavor, Lord, and on into the next life. I pray that we would be able to see it in ourselves, Lord. This is something that maybe others won't see so quickly, but I pray that we would be able to see it in ourselves as our character is being reformed, as we are being transformed by your spirit and not by our efforts. Help us, Lord. Make it loud and clear. Make it, make it uh, shine a light on it. And don't let us hide from it or cover it, Lord God. Let us bring it to the cross. We love you. We thank you tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 All right. So, yeah. I was nowhere you came to my rescue. From the grave I've been raised. When I needed a Savior to save me, Jesus, you made a way. listening. The Way would love you to visit our church at 451 West Lambert Road, Suite 204 in the city of Brea. Our service times are Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. For more information, please visit our website at www.thewaybrea.com or you can download our church app by visiting your app store and searching The Way Brea. Be blessed.